0: Alrighty, what is going on everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barca Blogger on podcast. Hope everyone had a good, uh, interesting week. Uh, So we'll just get right into it. Super League. Um, (laughs) As of today, Friday morning, as I'm recording this, Barcelona and Real Madrid are the only two teams left in the Super League. Uh, Barcelona's statement which was issued yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, I guess. Well, I guess it was yesterday afternoon. They said, quote, FC Barcelona shares the view of most European football clubs and even more so given the current socioeconomic climate, nice word, that there is a need for structural reforms to guarantee the financial stability and feasibility of world football by improving the product that is offered to fans around the world and by consolidating and even increasing the fan base on which the sport is sustained, which is its mainstay and its greatest strength. In this context, the board of directors accepted, as a matter of immediate urgency, the offer to form part as a founding member of the Super League, a competition designed to improve the quality and effectiveness of the product offered to football fans, and at the same time, as one of our most inalienable principles, seek new formulas for the solidarity with the football family as a whole. The decision was made by a conviction that that it would have been a historical error to turn down the opportunity as one of the founding members. In whatever case, FC Barcelona, as a club, has always been and always shall be owned by each and every one of its members, reserved, especially reserved, the right to submit an important decision to the final approval of the social bodies following careful and very thorough study of the program of the uh, blah, blah, blah. The statement continues and pretty much just talks about, they go on to say that because of the public reaction that has been generated, the club agrees that there might be some more in-depth analysis. They apparently need to find out why everyone's so frustrated about it and reconsider the initial proposal. Um so let's just let's just start from the beginning, right? So about a week ago, let me let me kind of get get my bearings right. So it was for about like 48 hours, right? Everything looked like it was falling apart. Um, there's a really good times piece that I'm going to be taking a lot of this info from, uh, they posted it yesterday it was how the super league fell apart. So last Thursday, Javier Tabas and Juan Laporte were supposed to have a cordial celebratory lunch. Um, you know, Laporte had just been elected president of Barcelona. Tabas was, a, you know, power hungry. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that there were a dozen or so clubs that we have been, you know, rumored to hear about that were going to create this, this Super League, right? Um, Juventus was a key part of this. Manchester United were a key part of this. Uh, the news leaked on the 18th, which was Sunday. Um, and when that news leaked, the, the entire world freaked out, right? Um, there, was, there, there were rumors about this sort of, you know, heading into the thing, right? There were rumors that there were, you know, the big six English clubs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, City United, and Tottenham. Uh, Inter, Milan, and Juventus, and then Atletico Barca and Real Madrid. We are unsure about the, um, the Bundesliga clubs, Dortmund and Bayern Munich, and then PSG. So all three of those teams were going to be a part of the Super League if it actually happened, right? Like there was no question. Um, the Super League chairman, Fioritino Pierrez, suggested kind of off the heat that those three clubs had not been invited to be among the founding clubs. Uh, but uh, the German publication Der Spiegel later found out that Bayern Munich and Dortmund were given 30 days and PSG 14 days to sign up for the club. All three of those teams uh, declined. There were other French, German, Portuguese, and Dutch clubs that also declined to join the league. So all of this given to say, right, the the leadership looked like this. Um, Fiortino Pierrez was going to be the chairman. Uh, Andre Agnelli, the chairman of Juventus, was going to be the vice chairman, along with Joel Glazer, the co-chairman of Manchester United. John Henry, owner of Liverpool, and Stan Kroenke, owner of Arsenal. So we've got three Americans, an Italian, and Fiortino Perez of Spanish nationality heading this European Super League. Fans revolt, Clubs slowly start backing out. I can't remember who it started with exactly. Um, But we are now to the point Friday morning. The only two clubs left in this thing are Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yesterday... Our lovely presidents doubled down with a nice little statement where he said, quote, we had a position and we still have one and we will explain. That position is one of caution, but it, the Super League, is a necessity. On the other hand, as it should be, our members will have the last word on it. It is absolutely necessary that big clubs, given that we generate a lot of revenue, we want to have the capacity to have our say on the sharing process. And also, we believe that it's important that this is accompanied by attractive competition based on sporting merit. We are the defenders of maintaining local leagues, and therefore we will always, we are always open to dialogue with UEFA. That is the premise. Everyone wants to make football better and have the necessary resources to make it a great spectacle. That comes on the back of Gerard Piquet, saying, quote, They're saying that the domestic leagues are going to stay and remain competitive, but the numbers don't fit. At the moment, the Champions League is getting $3.5 billion in TV revenue, and they say the Super League could eventually triple that revenue for the club's. So at first they say the domestic leagues are going to stay, but the years are going to pass and the banks and the investment funds that put their money in projecting this revenue are going to want to see a return. And when it doesn't arrive, the clubs will have to make a decision because there will be losses because it's not sustainable. And the clubs will decide that there will have to be weekend games and they will leave their domestic leagues and there will be a competition Wednesday through Saturday. That's how I see it, that it will slowly eat into the domestic leagues revenue system. And that's how the numbers add up. You're destroying the whole system to achieve it. So PK owns Andorra, a club in the third division Spanish league. So he's clearly, you know, his economics behind this aren't completely. He's not just shooting from the hip, right? Like he has some ideas to what he's talking about. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. So after we found the news out Sunday night, right, everything Monday and Tuesday was a cluster. There were reports coming left and right. Uh, some of the more crazy ones, right? Like we we saw the, and I, I think this is official. I think it got lost in the shuffle. Um, let me just search this. But there was, there's UEFA Champions League reform, right? And the negotiations or talks with these big clubs in UEFA had apparently, I'm pretty sure, ended like a week before this kind of came, Um came came to, the, the super league came to fruition. So basically, these leagues were in talk with UEFA, but that in twenty four twenty five, and yes, this this is official. Uh, there's a new format. This is on UEFA's website. Um, this is going to. It's a departure from the formats opening thirty two team group stage. The present Champions League begins with the participants of eight clubs divided into four. Of course. Uh, from 2024 to 2025, starting that season, there will be a single league makeup up of 36 competing clubs that will give four more sides the opportunity to, complete it, to compete against the best clubs in Europe. Under this new format, teams will play four matches more than, it cur- than is currently the case. They will no longer play three opponents twice, home and away, but will instead face fixtures against 10 different teams, half of them at home and half of them away. Um, the four different clubs will be allocated in this. Slot one, one of the additional places will go to the club ranked third in the championship of the association in fifth position of the UEFA association ranking, which let's just for context, search what that is real quick. Um, I want to say the French league is fifth. Yeah, right now the French league is fifth. So, So right now that's the club that would finish third. So that would be Monaco this year. Wow, PSG. I completely forgot PSG are actually competing this year. There's three, te- four teams within three points for the top of the league. That's crazy. I wish I could watch it in America, but I don't know what how to watch it. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not on any of the networks I have. Anyways, slot two, the domestic champion by extending the number from four to five of the clubs following the V via, via the so-called champions path. So I don't know if that means like the. I mean, you in fifth position in the UEFA. Uh, from four to five. So I guess I'm a little bit confused as to what that means. Um, yeah, I don't really know what that means. Slots three and four will be awarded to the two clubs with the highest club coefficients that have not qualified automatically for the Champions League, but have either qualified for the Champions League qualification phase or the, Europe or, or the Europa League. How will the last 16, 16 take shape? The results of each match will decide the overall ranking in the new league with three points for a win and one for a draw. So this is, I mean, it's going to run kind of like the league. The eight clubs who prevail in the playoffs will then start the round of 16 where they will face one of the top eight. Oh, sorry. I skipped that. So the the last 16, this is like, I mean, reading these freaking, this is an interesting podcast, but I love this crap, man. I love it. While the top eight teams will advance automatically to the round of 16, Right, so let's take 8 of that 36, the top 8. Those advance automatically. Those sides placed between 9th and 24th will enter a playoff. Wow, they are really... Those who finish between 9th and 16th will be seated in the playoff draw, which means they will face a team placed 17th. Okay, so let's take teams 19, or (laughs) 9... Oh my gosh. Between 9 and 24, we're going to put them into a pool. Right, So we've eliminated eight teams, or we've eliminated uh, 12 teams. Right, Now we take 16 teams, and they're in a playoff. The eight clubs who prevail from those playoffs will then progress to face the top eight. So now we're down to 16. From the round of 16 on, where the competition will continue to follow its existing format of knockout rounds. Listen, I don't know... I don't know how that that's going to play out. I know that when I read it, I think like on Tuesday, in the midst of the cluster that was the Super League, I got really excited. Like, one of the things that sucked about the prospect of the Super League was a watering down of seeing Real Madrid go to Liverpool like we did in the Champions League, or Bayern Munich against PSG, even though they weren't initially in the Super League, they were going to be. Or, you know, Chelsea and Barcelona, right? Like these... These European clashes, uh, it's a lot like spoiling a child, right? You when you get something special from time to time, it is special. But when it when it happens a lot, it's not as special anymore. And so that was gonna be it was gonna be a watering down, plus all the economic implications of it watering down domestic leagues, of there not being enough like smaller clubs getting a chance. So the Champions League extending it to thirty-six. I guess some concerns, right, before I get to the positives. Some concerns is that eventually they're like the NFL and that they keep Americanizing things and keep growing it, right? That they don't... It's like March Madness. All of a sudden, it's going to be in 10 years or 15 years, it's going to be a 50-team Champions League. Um, It can't become its own thing. It has to be a nice complement, the main complement to domestic leagues. Uh, But what they're doing now with instead of me, you know, instead of Barcelona, right, only getting to play their group stage matchups, they're now going to get to play 10 different teams, which means in a less um, a less significant match, we might see a Barcelona against the PSG or a Barcelona-Bayern-Munich in the group stage, which isn't as important, but it's a nice measuring stick for Barcelona, right? Like, it's, it's interesting. And so I like that aspect of it. I, I like that they're continuing the knockout format, because again, like whatever your opinion on away goals is like, there's nothing more exciting than like Bayern Munich against PSG where Byron have to score a couple times. Right. But if PSG score once that goes up and like the, the pressure that builds in a week that goes between home and away fixtures is it makes knockout round champions league just the best. Like I, like all of you, I love it. It's so it's, Next to the World Cup and the Euros, it is like, it's the best football. And if that would have gone away, that would have sucked. So that starts in three years. Wow, it's 2021. That's crazy. So that starts 2024, 2025. So about four years. Um, three and a half. So all that breaks in the middle of the Super League where we think everything is collapsing. Um, UEFA is saying they're going to kick Real Madrid... Uh, Manchester City and Chelsea out of the current Champions League, which means PSG would just win it because those are the teams that joined the Super League. We were hearing reports that players who were part of clubs in the Super League weren't going to be able to play in the World Cup or the Euros. It was madness. And then it was like teams started pulling out. They started issuing their little statements. Ed Woodward resigned. And we were like, was this just like a negotiating tactic with UEFA? So (laughs) nobody knows, man, like fan backlash, whether it worked or not, like they had to have known. Um, Whatever your opinions are of some of these guys that come up with this stuff, mostly negative. They're not, for the most part, complete idiots, right? Like they had to have known fans were going to like this, or maybe they're so oblivious that they really thought fans were going to like it. Um, But assuming they're not, 100% oblivious, like maybe 95% oblivious. If they understood there was going to be some fan backlash, then maybe this was just a negotiating thing with UEFA. I don't know. All I know is it's gone for now. We'll see it again in a couple years. Uh, I'm excited for this new Champions League format. We'll see how it plays out in a few years from now. Uh, I'm glad the Euros aren't ruined. I'm glad the Champions League isn't ruined. (laughs) But what a week. And Barcelona and Real Madrid, man. Still in there for whatever reason. It tells me a lot about the financial, financial situations, right? Like, why would, they, why would they still be in it? I, I, I don't... It boggles my mind. Okay. <laughs> about to wrap, the, wrap up the podcast. But Barcelona won a La Liga match and looked good doing it. 5-2 over Getafe. They now sit... With a match in hands, they are five points behind Atletico. But if they win their next match, theoretically, they are two points behind Atletico, one point above Real. One down, seven to go, right? Busquets looked good. Messi looked good. Taking care of business, right? So Barcelona's upcoming fixtures look like this. Uh, They play Villarreal over the weekend, midweek, Granada, Valencia, and then the big one, Atletico Madrid. So I mean, nothing's really changed from the last time we chatted about their La Liga chances. I still feel good. I still like where they sit. I still believe in them. I still think that they have a better than. I would. I personally would put them as the favorites to win La Liga right now. That's just their La Liga form is great, and I have confidence they're going to beat Atletico. I have confidence that Atletico and Real are both going to drop points here and there, and I feel good about Barcelona. I don't know. It's weird. That's all I got, everybody. I hope everyone had fun taking that confusing Super League journey with me. It was confusing because it was a confusing week. Uh, It's still partially confusing. Uh, I'm going to go thoroughly read that New York Times story about how it collapsed because I think that's fascinating. I'm glad it collapsed. Like the prospect, like there was a lot of sensationalist reporting happening. The prospect of these teams getting kicked out of the Champions League, us not getting semi-final matchups. Short-term, bad. Players not being able to play in the Euros, bad. The World Cup, worse. The future of domestic football seeming obsolete, horrible. (laughs) Right? Like, all of this seemed bad. And, uh, you know, fans staved it off for now. At least we can think it's fans if it wasn't just a negotiating tactic. But whatever... Barcelona and Real Madrid, maybe they're going to create their own two-team Super League and have fun with that. Either way, thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you are not. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I guess as it's called now, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play. I am your host, Josh Sutter. Have a good weekend.